This time on the Magic Kitchen Podcast, we're talking about witch wars and magical supremacy. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. Magic Kitchen Podcast is funded and supported by thewitchwoodteahouse.com, offering a variety of hand-blended loose leaf teas, as well as loose herbs for all of your ritual, spell work, wellness, and everyday enjoyment needs. If you would like to support this podcast while sipping a great cup of tea, head over to thewitchwoodteahouse.com and find the magic that's in store for you. Okay, let's let let's start this episode talking about the history of like witchcraft communities yeah. from the past like twenty years or so. That at least because I can only speak from my own perspective, and what I have noticed from the very beginning, there's always this egoic clash in the witchcraft communities somebody always thinks that they can do it better or that they are the only one that should be doing whatever it is that's being done <laughs> yeah so whether that be you know creating uh rituals that are public or communities or leading communities that sort of thing and this kind of egoic clashing is what really it's a disadvantage for us as a community because it prevents us from truly coming together yeah. And I'm from the mindset that there's enough to go around for all of us. There's enough for everybody everywhere. We don't need to compete with each other. And I, I really <clears throat> think, Elise, that Elise and I are a great example of how you can do similar things in your craft. You can believe similar things. You can believe opposing things. And still work together without being in competition with one another. What are your thoughts, Elise? Because I know yeah. this is something that we've talked about a lot. And um, it's I think it's hard for some people in the community to really grasp. Yeah, I don't know I why. <laughs> I, 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 okay, all right. I don't like this phrase, but it's a good one to use for this instance. It is very low vibration. to be competitive (laughs) like i hate that phrase but that's kind of what we're saying here is like if you want to live your highest purpose if you want to follow the purpose that your soul came to this earth to fulfill if you want to make this life the best it can be competition (coughs) is not going to be the answer like it's just not going to serve you i agree and so So there's this concept of witch wars. It's this like battle for I'm the one who does the thing best. And it's usually a specific type of thing or a specific (laughs) path. So I'll take the biggest example where I think this is the most common. Wicca. 
So for those mm. who don't know the difference, Wicca versus witch, right? Anyone can be yes. a witch. You can be a witch yes. with any background, with any amount of training, with any <clears> amount of experience, <throat> with any amount of practical knowledge versus red knowledge. You can decide right now you're a witch as long as you do some witchy things. Wicca right. is an initiated tradition. So you have to learn Wicca from another Wiccan who is also initiated by another Wiccan. It's a lineage. Right. It's something you sign up yes. to be a part of. It's a community that is, a, it's it's not a closed religion, but it's a religion that you mm -hmm. have to decide to sign up for. You can't just call yourself Wiccan. Um, some people say right. you can, like people talk about self-initiations and things like that. And that's, that's mm -hmm. a different topic for Wiccans to have a conversation about. Right. But but if you're it's following different. Wicca, you're following Wicca. Like yeah. that framework of Wicca that you're following. Even if you are self-initiated solitary, there's a framework that mm -hmm. you're following to call yourself Wicca. And so that community, it's large. It's old. It's mm -hmm. the oldest individual longstanding tradition of modern witchcraft. And I, I have a course yes. on the history of modern witchcraft, which comes from my research in my master's degree on the history of modern witch mm -hmm. witchcraft. Um, that you can you can find on my Patreon shop. But there mm -hmm. is so much depth to where Wicca comes from. And that's why they have, they're like the only type of witchcraft that I can think of that has a very strict belief system that you have to follow if you're yes. a part of it. And so that leads to a lot of infighting. <clears throat> People get very high and mighty yeah. in the Wiccan community. One of my good friends is a Wiccan high priestess. And some of the drama I get the dribs and drabs of from her. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why are we doing Why? this? <laughs> yeah, like, they'll literally argue, not my friend, people, will argue about, like, is this allowed? And this could be uh, taper candles instead of chime candles. You know, like, what? weird minutia. All the way down to, like, really toxic argument, like, can trans people be initiated? Hmm. Yeah, that was apparently quite a hot hmm. button issue in like 2022 to 2023 and probably will continue yes, to be. Yes, it was. Which is so like, yeah. I don't, I would never even for a minute consider that that might yeah. even be a question to ask. Like, obviously they can, obviously yeah. they can be part of any tradition in my mind, but apparently there are some Wiccans who, you know, have opinions about that. So, so that's where I, I think the line can come is like, are we an orthopraxic <clears throat> path? I think we are, mm -hmm. where we're. It's about what we believe or what we do. Yes. Praxic, do. practic. Orthopraxic means like your path is based Practice. on action. It's not passive. Yes. Witchcraft can't be passive. It can't. No. Or is it Absolutely. orthodoxic, which a lot of Wicca can become that. It's, it shouldn't be, but it can yeah. be where it's just about belief. You don't, it's kind of like these Christians who maybe don't even go to church, but they're ready to defend to the death that the Bible should be read in schools. Right. Yeah. And because they believe they are. <clears throat> yeah. And I came across something the other day where um, a person, I guess, was defending herself for charging for her knowledge behind a paywall in witchcraft. And there were people just laying into her for doing that. But we have to realize, like like you said, Elise, witchcraft is not passive. You have to do. You have to learn. You have to know. That's that's what being a witch means. It doesn't mean that you're following necessarily a religion or that you're doing anything in a dogmatic way. Yeah. But you do have to 
practice. That is the practice of witchcraft. <laughs> so if you're not practicing witchcraft, then you really can't call yourself a witch. But the idea that we should attack others for how they practice, that's where we're wrong automatically. Yeah. You know, if if you're telling someone else how to do the spell because that's the way you would do it, then you're stepping into that realm of my way or the highway. I'm superior. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. the ego's yeah, yeah, yes. There are some things that just don't make sense that just are not cool. Um, they, that are not part of the practice that are not, that aren't coherent with what most of us do and believe in how we practice. Um, like you wouldn't go out to a natural area if you say that you worship and venerate and um, work with land spirits and pollute the land, like yeah. things like that. Like, OK, that would be obviously wrong. <laughs> but when you start attacking other witches for how they practice because your way in your mind is better. Or you want to seem more knowledgeable. And I think that's what it boils down to, honestly. Yeah. Like now mm -hmm. that I'm I'm really when I when I really look at it, it what it boils down to is just that ego. And what have we been taught in our entire life? Competition, right? And like you said, the the low vibration um mentality. When when we're witches and we're practicing our craft, that means we're going into the meditations, we're going into those, we're connecting with source, we're connecting with the spirits and the entities that we work with, the, the, the energies that are of a higher plane, then we're connecting with that higher energy. So we understand that this need for being right all the time, the need to look like we're the, you know, that we're the be all end all, that lower vibrational, that it's really, um, if you, if you have to center it in the body, it, it is the root chakra that's imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's true. and all the way up to the solar plexus, you know, it's that Im imbalance energy in those energy centers where we are just not connecting with our true self. So we're trying to project out to the world that, oh, I know what I'm talking about and you don't, so you suck. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, too, there's a pervasive energy in the witchcraft community and not just like people that would call themselves witches, also people who prefer the mm. term magician, sorcerer. Yeah. That has this like Warlock. academic <laughs> intellectual mm -hmm. competition factor. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. if, if you look at Again, I'll go back to like my knowledge from my master's degree, which I don't mean to do that in like a oh, I'm, I'm intellectual way. No, no. But like well, in that reading you from your knowledge and experience. Yeah. Like in that reading, like I understood more deeply why these witch wars happen because I looked at people like Aleister Crowley <clears throat> and the people they learned from like Helena Blavatsky or mm -hmm. um, and then like people who studied with those people who became teachers like W.B. Yeah. Yeats, um, the Irish poet. And how that then trickled into like popular literature. And then suddenly we can understand that like these secret societies that were populated only by the elite white men with few exceptions like the mm -hmm. women like Helena Blavatsky and such that came from Eastern traditions mm -hmm. and kind of wowed them with their mysticism. And then they were like, okay, fine, you're cool. You can come <laughs> in. Um, I mean, really, we're talking mostly white patriarchal men, like yeah. men who own yeah. land and had power and 
you know, they were yep. leisurely enough. They This is an era where most people have to work 14-hour days to feed their family. These were the men who didn't have to work at all. So right. they're coming from <laughs> a non-spiritual side, deciding to make it a bit spiritual. You know, <clears throat> Freemasonry and all these roots of witchcraft, they're not spiritual practices. They were just societies. No. They were fraternities. They were brotherhoods. Yes. So once we see that shift into the spiritual, they don't instantly shirk off their egotistical... I went to Oxford, you went to Cambridge, so you suck attitudes. <laughs> they bring them with them. And yes, that's where Gerald Gardner grew up too. He he wasn't yeah. one of these guys who started it all in that sense. And he wasn't an academic, actually. He was he wasn't illiterate, but he wasn't the best writer. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but he brought that egotistical, like, okay, I'm gonna cover up what I don't know with an attitude yes. that says I do know it. And I that's the foundations of yep. our community. It, even though we've done yes. a lot to shift that in a hundred years, that's mm-hmm. still there. It's still in the still bedrock. A lot of work to do, and yeah. we just have work to do. Exactly. It's yeah. It is what it is. Absolutely. Knowing that helps yeah. us do the work. Yeah, and in in the ways that it damages our adventure, our experience in this craft is that we we get into these places where these people are the be all end all and i've always cautioned everybody like if you've listened to this podcast for a hot minute you've heard me say like be careful of those who claim to know it all because we can't know it all there's no way there's no way no none of us can know it all there there's mm-hmm. too many not in one lifetime that's for sure no there's too many lifetimes worth of information out there to know it all now you can know a lot about your area of expertise you can be proficient you can be a master in and even I use that loosely because I think mastery is just the beginning yeah. because there's still so much to learn. I have mastery in several areas, but you you don't hear me out there professing my mastery because I still understand. I have embodied the, the idea, the concept that I know a lot about a lot of subjects, but I don't know it all. <laughs> even the ones I have bona fide certificates in. <laughs> Like there's still so much to learn. And I and that's the people we need to be careful of, the ones that are like, well, I know what to do to save you and and you know, all you know, the the whole postulating, the whole puffing out the chest and claiming that they're the be all end all. Those are the people to watch out for. Like really keenly watch people, become observant to how they treat the people who follow them on social media how they profess their knowledge and you know if they if they're so bolsterous to say that they know how to solve the world's problems maybe they're aries for one but <laughs> but maybe they're you know maybe they're just putting a little too much stock into the little bit of knowledge that they have Wow, this is an amazing topic. The witch wound, witch wars, they are definitely things we should be focused on. They should be on our radar as elements of our collective shadow and ourselves that we need to heal and remedy. This area of our community that keeps us divided and in competition is so filled with jealousy and insecurity, anxiety, low self-esteem. 
I don't think as witches we can tolerate it much longer. After all, why are we witches if we're not here to stand in our own power? And if we are continually engaged in these kinds of energetic exchanges, then what are we doing? We're giving away our power. So if you are tired of this, if you're tired of feeling like you have to be better than someone else or like you have to keep up with the Joneses, <laughs> it's time for a change. And I have a solution for you. The Rebel Mystic Method is not only a comprehensive workbook. It is also a course that I offer that will walk you through the entire workbook that will lead you to manifesting the enchanted, balanced, and productive life you deserve. If you want to learn more, check the links in the show notes, or you can visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com. So let's get back to the episode. When we look at the roots of why witches compete so heavily with each other, we can come at this from an anthropological perspective. Witchcraft, being a practitioner of witchcraft is to be of a marginalized religious group. Right. We're not necessarily going to be marginalized as much as some other people, especially people who are marginalized for their race or for being transgender or, you know, a host of more physically presenting factors mm-hmm. right like we can yeah, we, we can, can keep it under wraps <laughs> exactly if we need to we can keep it in the broom closet right. but that doesn't mean we're not still on the fringe of society we are right. and that means whenever you see this throughout history when we look at any marginalized group when somebody is part of a group that is on the fringe of society they don't feel with they don't feel empowered to stand mm-hmm. up within that society they don't feel right. because they probably aren't especially historically and right, so right. they look within the community for competition. <clears throat> you know, like yeah. if we if we want to look at um, racial groups, when you take a group, like if we look at the Irish immigrants to the United States, for example, in the late 1800s, yes. there was a mass immigration in the mid and late 1800s because of the famine um, from mm-hmm. Ireland to the United States. And they came in droves together with their entire villages. So they yes. would... They were a really good example of becoming a marginalized group when one was not. So they were originally not, you know, just like many of our listeners might have grown up not marginalized. You weren't a witch by birth. And then you take those people and you put them somewhere like Chicago where they're being oppressed by the Anglo, like almost like the Irish were back in Ireland, by the more English immigrants. What happens? You see infighting within the Irish community, even though the enemy is without Mm -hmm. For some reason, that turns in on itself and you get competition, you get violence, you get alcoholism, Mm -hmm. you get all sorts of Mm -hmm. things that are non-constructive. And that's the same thing in a sense that happens within the witchcraft community. If I label Mm -hmm. myself as a folklore practitioner, like a folk witch, right? And you do and someone else listening does, you might feel threatened because you're like, well, there's not that many people that care that I'm a folk folk witch. So yes. if if Elise gets the spotlight as a folk witch, then there's no room for anyone to care about right. me. And that's the yes. root of that fear. It's not irrational. You know, it, it does make sense that our our it does. our yeah. egos would try to protect us. Right. Because we don't. Yes. We talk about this a lot here. The ego in our shadow work is not the enemy. It's not the evil thing that needs to be killed and squashed and locked in a box. 
it needs to be understood. <laughs> it's our shadow. It's that bit of us that's just trying to protect us. So when our ego gets all spiky because someone else is doing the same thing as us, it's because our ego doesn't want us to stop mattering. It doesn't want us to not get attention. Yes. yes. And and the, the collective shadow is something that I speak a lot about in the community and in the work I do because the, we can't address the collective shadow until we address ourselves individually. Yes. And that's how we address that collective shadow is going into the idea that, okay, we have this collective shadow. We're recognizing it. How does it show up in me? Where are my knee-jerk reactions? Where are my resistances? Where do I feel constricted that I have to lash out? And what are those situations? Who are those people that bring that out in me? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing to get those spikes of jealousy. Where it becomes a bad thing is when we act on it without thinking it through. So I always say, like actually in the Wildwood Tarot deck that I read with for clients, I have a card in there that's called jealousy. And Mm. recently I I did a reading for somebody and in a three card reading, you know, you have one card representing the issue, one card that is your action to take and one card that is your action to avoid. And her action to take was jealousy. And of course she's like confused, you know, why, why jealousy? And it's because if we turn towards the things that we're jealous of in somebody else, it can help us understand something we feel we are lacking. There's something that person has that we want. That's like the definition of envy and jealousy, right? Well, why do we want it? And why don't we have it? How can you start working towards it? And that's how jealousy can become a teaching tool rather than something negative to suffer through. Instead, looking at what they have, because there's a lot of people out there that have more than you, that have more than me, you know, but I'm not jealous of basketball players who make a million dollars an hour, you know, shooting hoops, because I don't really want that (laughs) life, you know, but the people I get jealous of are the ones who, you know, have something I actively want, like an amazing, beautiful, flowy dress or (laughs) an awesome (laughs) stream in their backyard or something. But To act on that, you know, if I see a girl on Instagram with an awesome dress I wish I had, I can just say, okay, how can I get that dress instead of Mm -hmm. you look ugly in that dress or something horrible? I don't know. Right. Like that's where it goes wrong. And I think that's that's where – exactly. Instead of focusing inward and focusing inward on, okay, I want that. How do I make that part of my reality? Yeah. And taking the steps to get there. We want to lash out at the people who have it. And that doesn't serve us in any Mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. It doesn't get us what we want. Maybe we get that temporary dopamine hit of, oh, I showed that person, you know, how selfish are they? But But it's still lingering under the surface within us. That idea that somehow maybe you're unworthy to have it. So everyone else Mm -hmm. who does have it is also unworthy. You know, this, and I, and I think a lot of this does stem from our sense of worthiness because what is, what does the patriarchal culture teach us, especially as women? Mm-hmm. It teaches us that we are not good enough, but we're always too much or we're always too much, but we're never enough. And so we get these mixed messages within that collective shadow. So the collective shadow is massive. When we start untangling the knot, (laughs) the massive knot that is the collective shadow, 
we start realizing the little strands that make up that huge ball of yuck and how it's so deeply ingrained in us. Think of it like the biggest taproot you could ever find in your yard. You can dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and it will seem like it'll never, you'll never get to the end of that root. But you do eventually. That taproot has to taper off and end someplace. Or you at least get to a point where that taproot can't survive anymore because you have uncovered it so much and, and it, it has no more sustenance and no more meat and bones to it to survive. And that's what we do in, in shadow work. Yeah. And shadow work for witches is very different. Or not very different. It's, it's different than the Jungian style shadow work because what we're doing is we're, Tapping into that magical element, that source energy, you know, working with our spirit team, that sort of thing that gets us to a point where like, okay, I'm not alone in this. I have support and I don't have to lash out anymore because I know my worth and I know yeah. I am worthy just as that other person is worthy to have that beautiful flowy dress or that beautiful stream in their yard, whatever it is. You know, I am worthy to have the same thing. So what do I need to do to make that part of my reality? You may have noticed that here at the Magic Kitchen podcast, we don't have sponsored ads. That's because this is a fully listener supported show. We do what we do for you, dear listener. And when you join my magical living community on Patreon, you're supporting all the time and energy that goes into setting up podcast interviews, writing articles and rituals, my paranormal mystery novel, and all that I do. And in exchange, you're getting over 10 exclusive journal prompts, rituals, witch tip videos, meditations, and more each month. If you love this podcast, consider joining my magical space. I can't wait to meet you and be an even bigger part of your magical journey. Go to patreon.com slash Elise Wells or follow the link in the show notes. So let's talk a little bit more about that witch wound and where that comes from. So if you think about it, when, when we were together in smaller knit groups, the women always had to watch out for the entire group. I mean, the men did too, but it seems like the women had this innate connection with each other. They washed together. They would prepare food together they would you know care for children harvest and yeah raise the children together so there's this really close-knit motherly protective energy that was within our small villages or our small towns that sort of thing so the women became very keenly aware of what's happening what are the where are the dangers who's dangerous you know who do we have to watch out for what do we have to watch out for so outsiders became that threat so in order for protection to be established somebody had to be identified as the threat and often it was the women in the group that would identify that threat and sometimes it would become one of the women in that group and when we're trying to identify threats sometimes we can jump to conclusions you know maybe it, it it was something that was a misunderstanding and everybody jumped to a conclusion, you know, like gossip, 
it, that's where I, I'm leaning when I think mm-hmm. of this stuff. I think of gossip, of how people create these stories about other people. And this is, again, more of shadow work that we have to <laughs> look into. But when we start creating stories about other people and their lives and their intentions without actually engaging with them and understanding, then that's where this witch wound, the mother wound, that that feminine wound comes up because instead of getting to the to the real meat and bones of what's happening, we oh, that person is a threat. They're false, so they can't exist in this circle. And when we go back to how villages and small knit communities are protected, they're t- typically protected against the outsiders, right? Because the outsiders are viewed as the threat. And I think that's what we do in our small knit witchcraft communities is we have to quickly identify the threat and we have to stand our case against that threat without realizing or maybe fundamentally getting to the bottom of, is it really, is that person really a threat? Is what their message really a threat? Or is it something inside of me that's that knee jerk reaction of, I need to be protected I need to protect my community. I need to protect my um, my persona. I need to protect my reputation or whatever the situation might be. Hmm. When I think of what you're describing, it makes me think about the way Christians in, in like in the U.S. There's this mm-hmm. pervasive evangelical non-denominational type of Christianity yeah. that they follow a belief system that may or may not have anything to do with the Bible. They might not even (laughs) read the Bible. There are people (laughs) in, in my own circles, you know, family wise, not like by choice that um, are in these groups that their pastors actually encourage them not to read the Bible. They say, just listen to me. I'll tell you what you need to know. Right. And that can happen in the craft too. I've seen that before when mm-hmm. people are okay with not sharing a single source for the content that they have. They have. And what this yeah. breeds for people is a lack of confidence in what they believe, which yeah. somehow translates to a stronger belief in that because they're so, they don't want to be wrong so much. They will cling right. to it against all odds. Even if yes. somebody's like, well, actually guy, like this is a uh, Bible. And uh, actually it says right here, Jesus said, love one another. <laughs> And uh, yeah. you're burning That's a cross in that guy's yard. And I just don't feel like he'd be on board. And they're like, uh, no, my yeah. pastor no. said, you know, no. that's the same yes. thing I see in some some witchcraft communities. But when I think of the witch wound, to me, it's actually more like if we want to look at the idyllic village life of Western Europe yeah. and you've got the women and they're making their laundry together. And, you know, it's it's a horrible life. Like it sounds cute, but it was really, really <laughs> No, it's pretty, rough. pretty grueling. The men come home from the fields and they spend all the money at the single tavern in town and they're like, figure out groceries this week. Yeah. No, it was probably terrible. But, um, <laughs> but the women have no power. Like they yes. are beholden to their husbands, their fathers, their brothers, mm-hmm. any man the in that churches, house. Yep. And the church as well. And so within that, they turn in on each other. It's the same extrapolation mm-hmm. of the marginalized group mentality where you have an anthropological need for for control and power. So who do you compete with? The people that you actually can. You yeah. know, same reason why the high school girls bully each other when like the oh, boys yeah. are the ones manipulating the whole situation. Right. And that's, right. that's it. It's manipulation and it's control. Mm-hmm 
facilitated by patriarchal society. That's yeah. where the witch wound comes from. When women turn on it each is. other, it's because they can only they only feel competitive with each other because they only feel like they can rise to the role of another woman. They don't yeah. see men as they're like, okay, well, they live a better life than me, but I can't have that. So I'm going to compete with this poor woman who's maybe right. also being victimized by men instead of seeing a kinship there. Yes. And so that's you can rise together and live that better life. <laughs> exactly. And that's second wave feminism, too. Like, you know, some mm-hmm. of the older folks listening might remember like the 80s, the 90s, all those movies that I've seen. I wasn't there, but, you know, I, I was always shocked by like these women would like become more manly to mm-hmm. have power. Like, yes, they would start also making fun of the secretaries or yeah. also sexually harassing yeah. You know, it's like, no, no, no. What if no one did that? And that was where third wave feminism came in. But (laughs) but feminism and witchcraft, they can't be disseminated because the witch wound is the sister wound. It is. It It all comes from the same point of oppression. In our last episode, we had Celeste Larson on and we got to discuss the witch trials. And so we won't rehash all that here. But the way that the. The women were victimized by the system. The way that that wealthy women were targeted because yes. of the power they did have and by other women. It's not just, oh, all the men ganged up on all the women. Like it was very much the women. It was a Serena Joy in the Handmaid's Tale situation quite mm. often. Yeah. And and it's all an attempt to, to keep power, to keep status. And it, that's ego led, ego driven. And but this is what I think of when when they say let go of the ego. It's not that you're letting go of your identity that of who you are to the core. I mean, this is your identity outside of, you know, what your job tells you who you are and your family, that sort of thing, like who you are at your core. When I think of giving resolving the ego, it's about resolving the the need to be better than the person next to you instead of being better than you were yesterday. The only person you should be ever competing with is yourself. And even that's not really a competition. It's just, okay, I didn't do that quite the way I thought I should, you know, that didn't feel right. So let me do what feels right. That instead of, you know, oh, well, that didn't feel right, but that's how I was told it's supposed to be. So that's just how it's going to be, you know, taking yourself out of that ego driven survival mentality again those those lower chakra inner imbalances <laughs> and getting yourself into a position where you can really lead from the heart are you enjoying the show If you are, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. It helps us to reach more listeners like you and to keep doing the Magic Kitchen podcast. Thank you. So I I started with comparing Elise and I, our relationship with this witch wound and how I think we're, we can be like poster children for this. Like I'm not trying to, (laughs) I'm not trying to be egotistical in that. I'm just saying Smiles think, cheekily at the camera. Yeah, cheek, cheek. <laughs> cheese. Yeah, <laughs> but I really think Elise and I demonstrate actively how the witch wound can be resolved because 
she and I both do similar things. Of course, we do things very differently because we come from different perspectives. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different training, but we still do similar things and we teach witchcraft. We teach what we know. We engage our own individual communities and we still come together and share that knowledge without, I don't, I've never felt any competition with Elise. And I think this is the first time I'm telling you this now, like (laughs) you, we had a conversation earlier today uh, about the workbook that I'm launching and you're like, oh, I don't want you to think that I was copying you because you also have a similar workbook. And I'm like, no, that never even crossed my mind. Like it. Well, and the content is super different. And I guess like neither of us invented the term workbook, but, but yeah, there's always that like thing where it's like. I, I just would never, it, we just wouldn't do it. We just wouldn't no. take each other's things or, and no. even when we worry about that. Yeah. Like even if you and I, like, okay, we both offer one-on-one coaching. Yes. We both offer, offer mentorship. Sure. We use different we words. Do card I, think, readings, but I, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. But it's so different. <laughs> like you're reading Oracle yeah. cards. I'm mm-hmm. reading the Wildwood Tarot from an earth intuitive perspective. Yes. We both do different spreads, I imagine. I, yes. I, you know, just by necessity, because yeah. um, that's how spreads work. They get so personalized to the reader. They do. And yes. then e- even still, like, there's just something about the work any witch is doing with clients or with students that it's it's a spiritual connection that has to be made between our clients or students. Like, there are listeners yeah. to this podcast that listen for Leandra There are listeners that listen Mm -hmm. for me. There are listeners that listen for our camaraderie. And that's okay. That's great. That's why we're out here is like to connect with the other souls that we're meant to connect to in this life. I was was having a conversation with one of my Patreon community members recently. And she was like, I hope this isn't crazy. But like, I just feel like really connected to your energy. And I was like, me too. I have no doubt that we were supposed to be connected in this way. Yes. And I always say, like, if you're out there listening and you feel that way about me, like, please reach out because I'm waiting to hear from you. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk to the people who listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what it is. It can't be made up. Like we have to have it or we don't. And it doesn't matter if we use the exact same terminology and copy and pasted each other's websites and stole, 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 <laughs> stole all we wanted. Like, you would still be drawn to one of us over the other. One and of that's us just the other, one yeah. tiny little example. You know, we're talking yeah. about the vast world of published authors and, you know, oh, yeah. other podcast hosts and all the other things, like the ways you can connect to another witch. Right. It, it's at the end of the day, there's no reason to compete because we can be stronger if we focus on collaboration. Yeah. And and think of, okay, so in, in our own personal collaboration with the Magic Kitchen podcast and whatever else we do together, think of the diversity we bring because we come from opposing backgrounds and um, generations. Like there's, what, 20 years between us? So we have very different perspectives in the timeline of witchcraft itself. And, you know, you come from a specific training. I come from a couple of specific trainings. So the diversity we bring together is what enriches the the path that anybody else who interacts us, anybody else who interacts with us is going to experience. They're going to experience yeah. this diversity. And if we are 
professing that our way is the only way and it's our way or the highway. And if you're not listening to me, then everybody else is wrong. You know, this whole idea that one person has to be supreme. We're not getting that diversity. We're not getting that broader enriched view of what this path really is. And if we're going to go that route, then we may as well just sit ourselves down in a pew in a church and listen to the pastor Mm -hmm. and never read the uh, Bible, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or better yet, find a cult that makes you sign some things and will tell you what color foods you're allowed to eat and just stick and how often you can eat and who you're supposed to sleep with. And And the only color you can wear is this. And oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, if God. you like rules, there's other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we we don't have those rules here. You know, we're we're all about helping you form your path for yourself. Yeah, and you know, if we have any commonality, that's that's one of them. <laughs> and if we can end with advice for those of you facing haters in any way, even if it's not the witchy oh, yeah. way, if you've got people that are trying to bring you down, <sighs> one, I am sorry. It's so draining. Yes. It's so difficult. It and something else I'll say, and you might be listening, you're like, oh, I thought that was just me. No. Huh. For some reason, the haters come from within. It's like the people that you oh. thought would be the most supportive yep. that tend I, to become the most. They are. Oh, just the vitriol. Vicious. Oh, vicious. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're the ones that hurt the most and they're the ones that mm-hmm. seek to hurt you the most. And you're not crazy if you feel that way. If you're noticing that, you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, I think it's a sign that you're on the right path. And it's a sign that you should double down on what you're doing and also block (laughs) that person on all social media because you don't need them. You just don't don't need need that that, hate and negativity. Do a cord cutting and (laughs) We don't do that here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Wash my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Collaboration only. No room for haters. Yes. (laughs) Mary meet Mary part and and Mary meet meet again thank you for joining us on the magic kitchen podcast please visit my website leandrawitchwood.com for news information and more episodes I'm Elise Wells and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube Instagram and Facebook and SeekingNumina.com that's Seeking N-U-M-I-N-A.